0: We're going to look into the, the Word of God uh, in just a moment. Before we do that, let me just say this: that everyone here today, everyone here today, everyone listening to this message, whether you are on site or or, or watching online, everyone uh, listening to this message has or soon will have some challenge, some problem, some big task or assignment or battle placed before you. Every person who is listening to this message has some battle either before you or that will soon be before you. And there will be some obstacles or some assignments or some battle that is placed before you that must be one for you to move forward. Things that we would sometimes call it a game changer. Something that that you, in some cases, you didn't see coming. Others, you, you saw it some distance away. But there's something before you that must be dealt with. Some battle before you. That for you to move forward, it has to be met you bow your heads with me one more time before the ministry of God's Word? Today, Lord, once again, having gathered in your name and our hearts prepared for all that you have for us, Lord, I've been praying for this time for a long time, and I believe that uh, you have been preparing people as others have prayed for this, these moments. These are holy moments, Lord, where you desire to meet with us, and change us. So do so as we look into your word today. Change us. May we not simply be students of your word or hearers of your word or even readers of your word, but doers of your word. May we do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, we're going to look at four different Bible texts, four true stories, and one common theme to all of them and that is these were persons who instead of running from the battle ran to the battle people who ran to the battle. So I want you to get your Bibles ready, whether it's it's digital or leather and paper. I want you to get your Bibles ready. I want you to stay with me. I want you to take some notes, but let's look into God's Word. The first one is in Judges chapter 8. If you have your Bibles, turn to Judges, the book of Judges chapter 8. Turn there. While you're turning there, let me tell you that Judges chapter 8 records... How a man named Gideon led a small army of only 300 soldiers. It didn't start out that way. There were actually many, many thousands of soldiers, but through a series of events, God limited, purposely limited that group of warriors down to 300 people. Gideon's small army of 300 people, and, and they went against an occupying our enemy army of many thousands of warriors. We won't read the whole story this morning, but I want you to be aware of it. If you're not familiar with, with it, go back and read it uh, later on. It's a powerful story. And, and, and when you have 300 people going against thousands of people, those are terrible odds. Terrible odds, just a few hundred against many thousands. And there's much to the story, but here, quite simply, is the short version of the story. Gideon's army of hundreds ran the enemy army of thousands out of the country ran them out of the country the the enemy army of thousands were in abject fear of the people of god and the small army of 300 ran the big army of thousands out of the country but that wasn't enough Because Judges chapter 8, you have it before you, Judges 8 verse 4 reads this way, it adds this fascinating line, Gideon then crossed the Jordan River with his 300 men and though exhausted they continued to chase the enemy. I love that line. If you underline in your Bibles, go ahead and underline that right there. They were exhausted, it says, his 300 men, though exhausted, they continued to chase the enemy. It says here they were tired. I'm not a veteran. I've never been in physical hand-to-hand combat or warfare. But I was talking to a good friend of mine, he's joining us online today, and he was telling me about something that happened some years ago when he was in the military, when he was fighting uh, fighting in a war, and how he was so utterly exhausted and yet they had to continue to chase the enemy that was on the run. I thought of that. I thought of Gideon when my my friend shared that story. Some of you perhaps know what it's like to be in the military and fighting a war and so exhausted, but many of us have not. But perhaps you can relate to that. Have you ever been in a battle? Have you ever been in a in a particular situation that is so difficult, so extreme, so prolonged and you are so tired, you are as the word is used here, you are absolutely exhausted? Have you ever been in that kind of a battle? where you're wondering when it's going to end, when you're wondering when you can put down the sword, when you're wondering when you can just stop and pause and catch your breath, you're wondering when you can ever get rested up. These people, Gideon's few hundred men, they, they were exhausted, but they didn't quit. They continued to chase the enemy, and their story is recorded here in the Bible because they ran to the battle. God's people can get tired. God's people can be utterly exhausted and yet God still calls us to battle. I'll come back to this. I want you to turn now to 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. Now this story may be a little bit more familiar to some of you. It's about a man named David. David at this point, chapter 17 is about 16 or 17 years old, and he came delivering some groceries to his brothers who themselves were soldiers, and he hears the taunting or the the mocking taunts of a man named Goliath, a nine-foot giant named Goliath. Uh, There was literally a giant who was standing in their way between them and victory. He he sees this man who would come out every day and and taunt the people of God and said, send someone out to fight me. And the Bible records that that, uh, all of the, 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 the soldiers of the people of God stayed in their tents and they shook with fear. No one was willing to go against the giant until David showed up. Again, there was a giant problem literally standing between them and victory. But perhaps you know the story. The Bible tells us that armed only with three things, a sling, a stick, and five stones, and God's power, more importantly, 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 48 says this As Goliath moved closer to attack David David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him What a difference Remember all of the other Jewish people were hiding in their tents they're terrified of this giant but it says here when David went out on the battle scene it says here that he ran quickly toward the battle line to to meet the giant it, it, again if you underline underline that portion of your Bible, David ran quickly toward the battle line. he didn't flee and and, and if he did he wouldn't be recorded here he, he didn't remain immobile that's what all of his fellow soldiers had been doing for for a long time but David defeated Goliath that day. And David also won subsequent victories because he trusted God and because he ran not from the battle, but to the battle. Acts chapter 20, if you have your Bibles turned there, Uh, hundreds of years have passed. And the apostle Paul, uh, he's in a whole different scenario, a whole different set of circumstances. But But the Apostle Paul ran toward another battle line. In verse 22, Paul was speaking prophetically to some fellow believers. I believe he was in the city of Ephesus. And he said this, And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem. Constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Paul knew his arrival... Paul knew his arrival his arrival in Jerusalem would mean imprisonment and affliction and, and even death. He writes about that here. He says, he says, I don't know what's going to happen to me there except the Holy Spirit says that in every city between here and there, uh, I'm going to experience in, uh, uh, imprisonment and afflictions. He, he doesn't know what was going to await him, but he knew that in going there, in going to Jerusalem, there, he would move the message of Jesus Christ forward, and so he ran to the battle. Have you ever been, of course you have, you've been in a place of uncertainty where you don't know what's going to happen, only that the way forward is going to be difficult, now, I don't know if you've ever thought, man, I'm going into a city and I could die there. I don't know if it's ever been to in that way, but there have been situations that we know that we're going towards, and we know that if we continue to go in that direction, it's going to be very, very difficult. Perhaps you can relate to Paul in that sense. There's one more that I want to share from the Word. Again, all of these having a common theme, and I've saved the, the, the last one, the, 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 the best one for last. It's in Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9 is, is Jesus, and he's, he's speaking to His disciples, and He's ministering And it says this about Jesus in verse 51. Luke 9 verse 51 says this. When the days drew near for Jesus to be received up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. Now that's kind of a... An innocuous line, you'd think, well, I don't know if that's really that significant. But I want you to understand what happens between chapter 9 and 19. Chapter 9 is where it says he set his face to go to Jerusalem. Chapter 19, 10 chapters later, is when he actually arrived in Jerusalem. Between Luke chapter 9 and Luke chapter 19 are many of the face-to-face encounters that Jesus had with those people that we talked about uh, during the summer months that just concluded a few weeks ago. Many of those face-to-face encounters happened as after Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem. And we know what was awaiting us, awaiting him there in Jerusalem. Jesus knew that when he arrived in Jerusalem, he would be arrested, he would be abused, and Jesus knew. He knew all the way back in chapter 9. Actually, he knew long before this. He knew that he would be abused, he would be arrested, and he knew that he would be crucified. He knew all of that, and yet Jesus... <laughs> Walked, but in a sense, he ran to the battle. Jesus ran to the battle. He didn't stay away from Jerusalem because he knew that Jerusalem was essential to to our victory. And aren't you glad that Jesus ran to the battle? Because everything that we have this morning... Everything that we have and everything that we are is because Jesus ran to that incomparable battle on a hill called Calvary. We have eternal life because it says Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem. Jesus was determined. Jesus said, I will go and I will fight that ultimate battle. And because he did, because Jesus ran to the battle, we have eternal life through Jesus Christ. Glory to God. So, four different stories, right? Four different stories, hundreds of years apart In these stories, an enemy was routed, a giant was defeated, the message of Jesus Christ was advanced, and our very salvation was purchased because people ran to their respective battles. Because someone said, it's going to be hard, it's going to be difficult, but I will not run away. I will not quit. I will run to the battle. Now, <laughs> That's the great thing about God's Word is it, it not only records stories like this, and there, are, there could be many others, many other stories of people who ran to the battle, people who, who didn't want to go back into Egypt and, 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 and face Pharaoh and deliver God's people, but he did, <laughs> and his, his name is Moses. There are many other stories that we could talk about, but the Bible also records some who did not. There are people recorded in this book, people like Judas, who, who, who was running towards the battle, but eventually quit the battle, and you know the rest of his story. A, a, a lesser-known man named Demas, who, who, who was in the battle, engaged in the battle so, so very persistently for a long time. He was a, a co-worker of the apostle Paul, but eventually he quit the battle and he ran away. His story is recorded here as well. There's a story that you may know. His name was Jonah. God told him to do a certain thing, to go and fight this particular battle in a particular city. And Jonah said, I'm not doing it. He, he went the other way. And you perhaps know the rest of his story. There are people in this book, there are people in this book whose stories are recorded, who quit the battle, who refused to go to the battle, who turned and ran away from the battle. But if you want to see enemy, the enemy uh, pushed back, if you want to see giants defeated, if you want to see the message of Jesus Christ, if you want others to experience the salvation that Jesus purchased on Calvary, then there are things that we need to do, every one of us as followers of Jesus Christ today. We must go to the battle. This is not a time. This is not a time to quit the battle. This is not a time to refrain from battle. This is not a... A time to run away. I have some good news for you this morning. You will probably never lead a small army against a big army. I doubt that, that, that in your sleep tonight, God will speak to you and say, I want you to gather 300 people and go against you know, some, some foreign army. Uh, that, that's, that's, that's not going to happen. But you will at times be outnumbered. In fact, some of you right now are involved in battles and you feel like, man, you're just one of the few who's actually fighting this battle. <laughs> you, you, may, you may look at the odds against you and you, you may think, this is, this is impossible, and yet God has called me to this battle. God has called me to do this. See, we, we may never lead a small army against a big army, but we will be outnumbered. You will never face, (laughs) I can promise you this, you you will never face a nine-foot-tall giant. (laughs) They don't grow them that big anymore. You will never face a a, a giant on a battlefield, but you will face giant obstacles, won't you? You will face them. You will encounter things that you go, that's too big, I can't handle it, that, that, that is bigger than anything that I have. It's bigger than all of my experience. It's bigger than all of my training. Some of you right now are facing some giants. They're not nine feet tall, but they're just as intimidating. Some of you are involved in a battle right now, and you're saying, how does he know that about me? I don't know, but the Holy Spirit is prompting it, bringing it to your mind right now. There's a giant there, and you're saying, I, There's something in me that wants to run because it's too intimidating. But I assure you this morning if you are in God's plan and you face giants, then the God who is in you will defeat the giant. We sang it earlier. I'm not going to live by what I see, I'm not going to live by what I feel. Yet I am concerned today that there are many who are followers of Jesus Christ who see the enormity of the challenge before them and they say, I don't want to fight that battle. There are some people who say, I'm too tired. I I don't feel good enough about myself. I have all of these insecurities. I don't feel like I'm the person. And so they say no to face the giant. But I believe that what we sang this morning is absolutely true. I am not going to live by what I see, even if what I see is bigger than what I can imagine. Even if what I feel is, is that I'm not a very good warrior. I promise you that Gideon was, um, was one of those who, who was probably the least likely to ever go against the enemy army. In fact, he said that. He declared it. And yet God used that person to defeat the enemy. Essentially because he said, I'm not going to live by what I see or even by what I feel, but I'm going to listen to the word of God and he has spoken to me to go against this enemy. We may never be directed to a city where suffering or death awaits us. That may never happen. God may never call you to say, I want you to go to such and such a city, and when you get there, you're going to be arrested, you're going to be harassed, you're going to, be, you're going to face a physical punishment, and you may even die. That might not happen, but I do promise you this, our God will direct us to go to difficult places and to do difficult things. Let me say that again. God, in His great plan, will call you to go to difficult places and to do difficult things. For a long time, I've shared this before, for a long time, I, uh, for a couple of years, when I was in my 20s, pretty much all I did for about two years was uh, read biographies of, of, our, uh, of, many, of many missionaries. Uh, just couldn't get enough. If I could find a book, I would buy it and I would read it. And and some of you may know this fact that in the 1800s, many missionaries, particularly from the United States and from Great Britain, they would go to these areas that were just because of transportation, were just opening up, and they would go to these places to take the gospel so that people would know Jesus Christ. Great stories. But here's a little known fact that oftentimes they would pack their belongings in the casket, in caskets, in wooden caskets, coffins, because it was a box that could hold things, but they would take it with them because the survival rate was was so low, the mortality rate so high that many of those people knew that they were having a one-way trip and that they would within a year or two be buried in those same caskets. And I look at that and I'm going, that is an amazing sacrifice. That is incredible determination. But do you know that there has been revival around this world, that there are nations now who have a higher percentage of Christians than the United States or the United Kingdom because people a long time ago said, it doesn't matter how difficult it's going to be. It doesn't matter the size of the giants. I am going to do what God has called me to do. That's why the gospel has moved forward, because people said, I refuse to quit and I refuse to be immobile, I will run to the battle. Several years ago, I read a book, and and, and these come in, the battles come in different ways. Several years ago, I read a book called A Grace Disguised. It's about a man named uh, Jerry Sitter. I had the staff read this book as well. His his battle began one tragic night when his family car, he and his wife and his four children and his mother were all in this uh, minivan, as I recall. His battle began one tragic night when that family vehicle was struck by a drunk driver. Jerry was largely uninjured. He he, uh, he had almost uh, no problems whatsoever. Yet three of his children were severely injured. Even more tragic, Jerry's wife, Jerry's mother, and his four-year-old daughter were all killed. I, I-, I have a hard time imagining the, the battle that, he, that was suddenly thrust upon him. A a physical battle with children that are recovering. An emotional battle as he buried three generations, his mother, his wife, his daughter. The spiritual battle that he began that night. In his book, Jerry wrote how in the months following, he he was regularly tempted to surrender to overwhelming depression and to give up. I don't know if he was ever at the point of taking his own life, but he was at such a point where he just wanted to succumb to depression, give himself to it. He also wrote how he was tempted in the months following, the few years following, he wrote how he was tempted to distract himself by the destructive things that this world offers how many let me just step aside for a moment how many people who are in a battle try to try to comfort themselves with with something that they they do that is itself destructive how many people do you know that have faced perhaps something similar or a, a battle that is is that extreme on so many levels emotional physical and spiritual and Instead of running to the battle and dealing with the problem, they mask it, and, and they give themselves to a drug, or they give themselves to some behavior. Jerry wrote how he was also tempted to feed his rage toward the man who brought destruction to his family, and boy, that would, be a, that would be a challenge as well, so he he's... He's tempted in all these different things. Thankfully, he didn't give in to any of them. In his book, he wrote this, I did not want to respond to the tragedy in a way that would exacerbate the evil I had already experienced. I knew that running from the darkness would only lead to greater darkness later on. What a statement. Here's a man who's facing a battle and again, he says, I was running from the darkness would only lead to greater darkness later on. He, 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 in his book, went on to say how he ran back into it and he faced his grief. He faced that overwhelming sense. He, he began to deal with that. and he, 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 he went on to say this, in choosing to face the night, I took my first steps toward the sunrise. Oh, what a statement and choosing to engage in that battle and to deal with that overwhelming grief not in the wrong way but in the right way see that's a, that's a that's a battle that's that's unlike facing a giant or it's a different kind of a battle he ran to the battle and with God's help he overcame the grief and the rage that almost Defeated him. Now, I have, I've shared before, I have spent hardly any time at all on open water in the ocean or on a large body of water. But I know this, that wise mariners, when they're at sea and they're caught in a sudden storm, what do they do? They turn their boats into the oncoming waves. They face them head on. And they say, I will deal with this. It's going to be hard. But it's better to go into it than to run away from it when you're in it. There are some, some of you right now, you, you have, a, you have the, an enormous challenge. Or you're seeing one on the horizon and it is so big. And I encourage you this morning that that there is a battle that God is going to help you through, and, and you're going to see victory, but you can't run from it, and you can't check out. You have to go into it. Sometimes we've battled for so long, and we're tired, and we're exhausted, when, when we read about Gideon's army and how they were they were exhausted and yet continued to chase the enemy, did some of that? Did that resonate with some of you? Could you relate to that that level of fatigue in a different way? Sometimes, again, we've battled for so long and we're tired and we're absolutely exhausted, and we say, "I just, I'm, I'm done. I don't have anything left in me. I'm going to quit." In these recent challenging months. I have made it a point to communicate much with other leaders and with other pastors, to encourage them in their battles. That that has been something that it's a ministry that I don't think I've ever had to that degree before. But I, I really felt it was important to get with other leaders and, or, or communicate with other pastors and encourage them in their own battles. In fact, there's a, a fellow pastor, he and I often text early on, for these last number of months, early on Sunday mornings. He's in a different time zone. I get it about 4.30. But it is what it is. And, 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 and we're, because we're in this battle together, one day during the height, and, and thankfully, we have moved beyond the height of the uncertainty regarding the coronavirus. But, but one day during the height of the uncertainty, how long are we going to be closed down? What's the future going to look like? Not really sure. During the height of that, and then not long after the beginning of the social upheavals that have just wracked our nation in the last number of months. So it was, it was a few months ago. But I, I spoke with two fellow pastors uh, they were two different calls. They don't know each other, but I was in one day. I talked with both of them, and both of them were despairing. Both of them were at. I mean, they, they're 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 good they're good pastors. They're they're faithful to the Lord, but they were so tired, and they they they're despairing. In fact, they're still not out of it. Both of them wondered out loud why this was happening now and why it was happening under their watch one of the one of the gentlemen said i i i i wish this would have happened after i retired or i wish i wish i didn't have to why is this happening now under my watch why am i having to deal with these things both of them spoke about quitting and walking away well one of them was kind of humorous you know well i think some days i'm just i'm 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 thinking i'm just going to quit because this is just too hard and it is hard. It's been hard for all of us. It's been hard in ministry. It's been hard in, in in pastoring during these times with all of the changes, some harder than others. But they were talking about quitting, just just stopping and not going any further. I told them and I encouraged them and I prayed with them that in God's great plan, none of this is, none of this, none of what we're facing right now, none of these things, these upheavals, these uncertainties, none of these things are beyond God's plan. None of these things are beyond His awareness. And in God's great plan, He allowed these things to happen under our watch. He entrusted these times to us. said those things to encourage them and to remind me that like Gideon's army, sometimes we we feel outnumbered. Sometimes we're absolutely tired and, and exhausted, and yet we must continue to chase the enemy. Let me say this in regards, not just about pastors or leaders, But I'm talking about what we're doing as a gathering of believers. The message of Jesus Christ is more important now than it's ever been. It is more critical that people hear about Jesus now than it was even six months ago. Why? Because fear is reigning, and because uncertainty is reigning, and because because people's dread about the future is almost overwhelming. But glory to God, we as followers of Jesus Christ, we have hope. We have the message of Jesus Christ. So that's why this message is extremely important. That in in our different ways, we're all doing different things, but let's not forget what we're all about. That is getting the message to people who are eternally lost without it. There's a natural inclination to run from battles. And to run from threats and to run from conflicts and to run from pain. We can ignore it, we can avoid it, we can try to distract ourselves from it, but we'll only know victory when we run, when we face and run into the battle. Well, what was it we sang earlier? I know who goes before me and I know who stands behind. Come on, people! Isn't that what we believe? That if we are certain, if we know because of our relationship with Him, if we know that He goes before me and He stands behind, glory to God, we're going to be okay. We're called to go into the battle. I'm not exactly sure what battles you're facing. This last week, actually the last couple of weeks, knowing that I'm going to be preaching this message, I've been praying for you. I prayed early this morning when I first woke up, that when I preach this message, the Holy Spirit will bring to your minds the battles He has called you to fight. See, I believe the Holy Spirit has already done that in many cases. And, and, and you're going, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm facing. Or that's something of what I'm facing. That He would bring this to your mind to encourage you, to remind you that we are called to the battle. Years ago, a great, uh, a great preacher named A.B. Simpson wrote something about God's people throughout history and how God strategically places people throughout history, and, 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 and it's, it, it relates to people today. A.B. Simpson wrote this. He said, God is preparing his heroes, and when the opportunity comes, he can fit them into their places in a moment, and the world will wonder where they came from. You see, you are one of God's heroes. You are one of the people that God has prepared for such a time as this. Do not, do not fall into the lie that you are insignificant and that you don't have a place in, in God's greater plan. And I'm telling you, you do have a place in God's greater plan. Now, your battle may not be as big as some, but don't compare it. (laughs) Your battle may not not be in a place of of great visibility like some, but God still called you to that battle. God has called you for a purpose. He has a plan for you. That didn't change some months ago. It's not going to change two months from now. An election isn't going to change that. Uh, An economy isn't going to change it. A culture isn't going to change it. We are God's people and we are called to the battle. So don't run from the battle. God's preparing you. He strategically placed you to spiritually battle in these challenging times. So run to the battle. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 47. It's just before the, uh, the statement that David made on that battlefield. It says, he said, the battle is the Lord's. This battle isn't yours. The battle is the Lord's. He's just using you as one of his soldiers. But the battle is the Lord's. I want, I want, I want you to, to hold on to that. The battle... Is the Lord's. I'm going to ask my friends if they will join me here on the platform. We're going to sing a song that we sang earlier and we're going to close with this, and that is, I'm still in your hands. I want you to sing this. We sang it earlier, but I want you to sing it with a little bit of a different light. I am still in your hands. Some of you need that reassurance. Some of you need that reminder. Some of you are facing that battle right now, and, and, uh, and we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to pray for you uh, and, and, uh, and, and uh, in just a moment here as we're getting ready. But I, I'm believing that God is going to send you out these doors later on, and you're going to reengage in a battle, and you're not going to give up, and you're not going to quit. You're not going to run away. I'd like you to stand with me, if you would, please, across this sanctuary. Lord, right now, in this place and for this time, I believe Lord that you are stirring us and you are speaking to us. And Lord Jesus, I pray that as we now declare this again, that we would be people who are engaged in your battle. Lord, too many of us have fallen into the the misunderstanding, in some cases the lie, that being a follower of Jesus Christ is supposed to be easy. It's easy in the sense that we're not carrying those sins anymore. It's easy that we have hope, easier in that we have hope and we have the promise of eternal life. We're going to be together in heaven. But Lord, for this time, while we live and while we breathe, we're involved in a battle. It's it's challenging. We have eternity to look forward to. Heaven, there will no longer be any more battles. Grateful for that. In heaven, there will no longer be those big giants. In heaven, we will no longer feel outnumbered or inadequate. But until then, we're called to the battle. So I pray that you'd help us. In Jesus' name, amen. As Megan leads us this morning, I want you to sing. Some of you weren't singing before. I want you to sing this going to see the words on the screen, but I want you to sing this out. We're going to sing it through once, and we're going to close in prayer, but I want you to make this your declaration. I want you to sing these words with your heart, not just your voices. Let's sing together.
1: Still stand
0: battle i thank you because you've involved us in your great plan i thank you jesus though it's difficult though it's strenuous though often we find ourselves exhausted beyond words we will continue in this battle because it's worth it so that others will know so that lives will be changed so that eternal destinations may be rerouted from hell to heaven lord we stay involved in this battle i thank you lord Now I ask your blessing upon my brothers and my sisters this morning who are going out and engaging in these battles every day. I pray your favor upon them, your power upon them, your anointing upon them. We thank you for the victories that are ahead because there is victory. The battle is the Lord's. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. These altars are open.